Hello, folks. Happy Labor Day weekend. Welcome to another episode of Michael L. Craver Presents, the uh, merging of family time and labor. Of course, Labor Day tomorrow, I start a new job on Labor Day. You folks were asking me that all weekend. You, you're going to make you work on Labor Day? And I said, why not? It's, uh sounds good to me, right? 13th episode, Lucky 13, going to work on Labor Day. I've got the other version of Michael L. Craver Presents. Not only the Escaping Vanity episodes, but the ones that deal with work are called <laughs> Support the Opposition. A uh, little term I came up with long ago. Uh, which reminds me, this uh, I've got written here that I was having a conversation this week and someone asked me, what are you up to? And I said, well, I've been doing a lot of physical fitness. I've been doing my calisthenics. A lot of push-ups. Uh, I don't know, a uh, hundred different kinds of push-ups. Uh, and then <laughs> on top of that, <laughs> maybe another 50 or so diamond push-ups. And so, yeah, rolling and rolling. And uh, then a lot of sit-ups or what I call like... Um, I guess I call them elbow sit-ups. If you got a better name or you know the right name, you're welcome to DM it to me. You know how much I care. Um, but you, you sit up, and instead of sitting straight up, just 90 degrees, I would throw the right elbow. So right, so one version goes to the right side, one goes to the left side. So I'd start one repetition in the middle, and then one to the right, one to the left. And each series of three is what I consider one push-up. And uh, then I started doing that, with, or one sit-up, uh, I'm sorry. But then I started doing that with the push-ups. I was ca- I, could, I caught myself like way into it. I was like, all right, one, one, two, two. And then I was like, wait a minute, these <laughs> each one's supposed to count. I'm doing twice as many push-ups. So on top of all of that, which I do to break a sweat and kind of get rid of, you know, a- a- excess and tone down, right, go out and hit the road. Forrest Gump style. Never know how, how many, you know, miles I'm going to put underneath me. Uh, but I've been going longer and longer. Uh, Michael Scott would be excellent here. He could jump all in here. That's what she said. So, yeah, about 10 miles, I think, on Saturday. Uh, more on Friday. and got the new job starting tomorrow. I, I kind of took Sunday to kind of recoup. And I don't even have any chickens, and I'm recouping. Um. <laughs> I love irony. But when somebody asked me what I was doing, I described those things in terms of physical fitness. Whether it be the calisthenics, whether it be putting some miles underneath me on the road. And I said, you know, complacency is my enemy. And it is. And it's the enemy of relationships, of teamwork, of everything. If someone's complacent. You know. it's. I've always said my youngest son... Um, we call him the J Man, so I call him Jay. Um has too much energy. He's like me. At the end of a shift, at the end of a social event, I still have this much energy. Hell, I'm recording this in the middle of the night and I got all this energy. What do you think I'm like when the sun's out and I'm on the road? Hmm? That photosynthesis for the soul is what I call that, where you, you get the sun coming down on you, always wearing I've got all tech lancing. You ever see the picture of me with the headphones running around? Those are like $20. They're all tech Lansing headphones. You plug in the USB cord. You charge them. And, and they lasted for almost f- five and a half hours where it was on Saturday. Um, just jamming. You know, I'd, a little bit of Gabby Barrett. A little bit of Iron Maiden. A little bit of Guns N' Roses. Then I took it easy with James Blunt. And I was, so I was uh, a little everywhere. And 
what I've said about Jonathan, just the same as his father, as me, is if you got too much energy, you can channel that in some kind of direction. It's much harder to try to take someone who doesn't have energy or who needs the supplements or whatever, right? It's much easier to direct something that's already got the force. That momentum will take you so much farther. It's like going through a curve. You coast and then you, you use the curve in an effective way. <coughs> some of you out there know what I'm talking about. <laughs> anyway, enough about curves. Um <laughs> the complacency is the enemy thing kind of got me thinking because I said to myself, you know, with it being Labor Day, being a holiday, as I was walking, there's almost no traffic. People are either away at the beach or they're having uh, a lot of cookouts because I waved to a lot of people in different driveways and they were very happy. A lot of good smells coming out of those houses. And I was happy to see them, quite frankly. Uh, change of scenery, people being social, and some of the new... Uh, neighborhoods that I was walking, <laughs> man, reminded me of the old days. If you're a wrestling fan, you saw Shawn Michaels running the stairs. If you're a football fan, <coughs> you ever study thing about, um, I think Terrell Owens went and, and ran with him, by the way. But Jerry Rice of the San Francisco 49ers, who, you know, my dad was a 49ers fan, so I ended up being a 49ers fan. And Jerry went and uh, worked out on his own in the hills of San Francisco and he had this hill that he would run. I mean, this thing was uphill for, you know, <coughs> a good three quarters or more of a mile. You you may be able to find that in some old sports documentary-ish thing or, you know, YouTube or something. But uh, he would do that for his conditioning so that, you know, nobody he was going to come up against in the games could sort of outlast him. And I was very happy to find these hills and stuff that I was on. I said, oh, God, look at this thing. I'll never be able to, and I did, I was walking the hills. I'll never be able to run this thing. Well, so that's the goal. And, you know, maybe a month we'll, we'll, we'll try to run more of the distance than we jog the distance. But put a lot of miles underneath these Nikes that I wear. I have never untied them and tied them back. I got them from the Goodwill. I'm unaware if the last fellow that tied those shoes is still with us. So I thought to honor his potential, may or may not be, he may or may not have passed, to honor his potential memory, <laughs> I have not untied or retied these $3 Nikes that I have. I kind of went on a little spree when I started doing some more um, walking. And I bought, um, I originally had bought some white Skechers, which I, were, I was told by the old, uh, the soulmate girl. She said, those are dad shoes. Like, like grandpa. No, she said grandpa shoes because I'm dad. I don't give a damn about dad shoes. A lot of you guys are... Baby mamas, you got, you know, you have a father to your kids and you're 17 to 19 to 20, and you're going to tell me about dad stuff. Get the fuck out of here. Like, you're a mom in your teens. You're not even old enough to, to drink and you're, whatever. So I went a little silly. I returned the Skechers. A little too much peer pressure. Returned the Skechers. And ended up buying this, uh, I got a white pair of Nike shoes that weren't extremely expensive and, I was uh, by this outlet called Gabe's, uh, which is a great name for a, a young man. If he was, you know, if you're gonna have a son, maybe name him Gabe. Um, and they had a bunch of stuff for twenty bucks. They had some Nikes, they had some Reeboks, had different things. So, got me a pair of Reeboks. They're a little different. The laces are a little different. And I got these Nike shoes. Bought the Nike ones from Goodwill. And I have some black Skechers, which I believe I bought from a Target or a Coles. 
I don't uh, recall which specifically, but I've been putting you know miles um, on those things constantly, which is it's kind of a nice refreshing thing for me. Labor Day means for a lot of people the changing of the seasons, right? September twenty first, beginning of the fall, all that stuff, and. I always looked at it like it's, and it has been this weekend. It's been so quiet. It's the last day of the, you know, for the last getaway for a lot of people to go to the beach and uh, sort of finish up the summer and, and head into the leaves falling off the trees and all that fun stuff that usually happens. But now, as people start to argue with me, I say, you know, you just, we need to close down on these date naps and let people sit home and, you know. <laughs> There's too much plastic falling in the rain, you know. I don't like it being 80 degrees on Christmas Day in North Carolina. Maybe if we, you know, stop. Doug Stanhope, I'm going to pause this and tell it in Doug Stanhope's words. Doug Stanhope says, um, it's in his Deadbeat Hero special from 2004. If you ever want to watch it, the whole thing's on YouTube. It's on his channel. It's on his channel. Go watch it. Support Doug Stanhope. Great guy. Uh, and, and he's got his own podcast and stuff. He mentions how there, he says there's over 400,000 people who come into this country every year. They don't work. They don't speak the language. They're milking our systems. They're dragging us down. You wonder how, you know who I'm talking about, don't you? Babies. That's who I'm talking about. And he says, you know, that basically. He should not have to pay. Every every time you have another kid, he should not have to pay to put more dollars into the public education system and, and more you know, FNS, the Food and Nutrition Services, or the EBT card or whatever you've got. These are systems that don't benefit him whatsoever as a single guy. Uh, when All this stuff that's geared towards just children. He doesn't even want to have children. He doesn't have an aspiration for it. And... He equates them basically to illegal workers or, or aliens or something, and it's an interesting take on things. Um, but I, I I think about that whenever I'm thinking about the changing of the seasons and and everything happening and rolling around. We're going to get our families together. We're spending family time. Everybody's got. Everybody, it seems like so many people that I talk to. You know, I'm I'm a mother of three kids, and now I'm homeschooling these three kids, and I'm trying to work this job, and I'm trying, right or four kids or. I'm just like, wow, who's got the time for that? They, like, you know, kids are like two, just two hundred to three hundred thousand dollars a piece over the course of eighteen years, right? You're statistically, you're not gonna make three quarters of a million dollars to devote just to children. That ain't got nothing to do with like, you know, the, everything else that goes on in your life. You have to be pretty working pretty regularly, pretty often, you know. And, and in order for you to be at work that much, you couldn't be at home that much. You can't be a great mother and make that much money. <sighs> it creates this paradox. Please, uh, if there's if there's something I can tell you, I take a, in my desk here. I've got Advil. There is uh, some sort of allergy. I always keep like a non-drowsy allergy thing. Because it puts me to sleep. There's Bayer, which is a heart medication. I don't even think I've opened that bottle. Uh, <coughs> but I'm a man. I don't have. Well, what I'm looking for here is not in my drawer, but I hope it's in yours. Uh, maybe it's in your arm. Maybe you got something else done. Uh, you know, there's a shot. There's all the other options. But birth control is is a wonderful thing for folks. And you can say what you want about. Oh, it's 
it's the woman's body. and it's, Yes, it most certainly is. But let me tell you, for anybody who doesn't take care of their body on an individual basis, it weighs down our entire ecosystem. For every extra person, for everybody who didn't keep themselves in good shape and now they're morbidly uh, obese or they've developed whatever other sorts of complications. Guess who helps pay into that healthcare system that's going to supplement money to take care of their reckless choices? We are. We are. Same as any of us pay extra on our insurance. We may have a very clean driving record, but, you know, uninsured drivers hit our drivers and they pay out the claims and they raise all of our claims. And so if we're all more responsible, we all will have a little more efficiency in the world. Maybe the temperature will cool down. I can wear my Eddie Bauer leather jackets that I bought at such a great discount. Now I can never wear them because everybody wants to run around and, and have too much fun. And as the guy who's probably delivered more fun than anybody... I'm telling you, it's all for vanity. Just let it go. Take a trip to the to the Amazon or to your local uh, outlet to get battery powered or USB powered or whatever kind of accessories you need, and uh, or visit the health department. They'll they'll help you out. They'll they'll throw some free stuff your way. But please, folks, when I say complacency is my enemy. Don't be complacent when it comes to, to protecting things. I mean, everywhere. These guys are complacent up in Kenosha and Oregon and in Portland and, and these other cities. They're just, no, we don't want the National Guard. Nah. Just let these rioters do what they want. They're complacent. Now it's coming to a head where militias are going to face down the rioters. So ain't that a thing, you know. It ain't long till Veterans Day on November 11th, so you got that coming up. But these these other folks in the world, when I think about complacency, it's a bigger idea than just like I'm sitting here and, and playing Candy Crush most of the day. Nah. Don't be complacent about your choices. Well, you know, I ain't got nothing else to do. Let's go to the bar. <sighs> That's a good-looking guy. Maybe he'll go home with me. That's a good-looking girl. Maybe I can... Yeah, let's take a shot at her. Whatever you might be. Whatever you might prefer. A lot of reckless decisions get made that way. And then... You end up with a gigantic investment. Or... You can make like a four or $500 decision... Which will uh, be carried around with you the rest of your life, uh, much the same as like PTSD or any of the other wonderful acronyms that have to do with depression. Because you were complacent. Mm. Anyway, I, I think to myself uh, as I'm doing more of these laps, and I've got this, you know, I'm starting this new new gig. Bought a new car, so they <coughs> very <coughs> very nice. What are you What are you looking for? I want something that's got uh, plays music, uh, power windows, uh, sunroof would be nice. How about leather seats or heated seats and good good, good gas mileage? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what what else do you need? I don't need. All, I don't speak all those crazy languages about whatever. So I I paid them some cash and and they transferred me a title and I drove away, which was nice. It's a nice little. 
you know, how do you do, and let's get out of here. It took me about an hour. Wonderful people down in, in Thomasville. And speaking of being complacent, there was a, there was a nice young man. I, t- I call everybody a young man, by the way. If you were 80 years old and I was waiting on your table, I still call you a young man. He called me young man. Yes, that's that's my term. John at A&A Auto Sales and Repair and whatever else they do was just a wonderful guy to me in terms of customer service. I've got my I've got it on my mind to not only thank them right here on the podcast, but to um write him a letter and and say, you know, what nice things I had to say about him. I don't he just raised that way. Beautiful spirit, man. You know, if if you brought him into your job and said, John, I want you to train this guy so he'll be just like you You'd have to have him live with him, you know, for like three months or something like that and just see the kind of stress he's got and how why he operates the way he does. It's not mannerisms. It's a way of life when you're that nice to people, right? That's not being complacent. That's being like in the moment. Thank you very much. Humble, gratitude, humility. Big deal to me. And I love that stuff, so... And I've not been complacent either. I'm trying to think, what are we missing off our list here? Stitcher and Pandora. So the podcast, as far as I know, is everywhere except for Stitcher and Pandora. You just punch in Michael L. Craver. But I, um, after after thanking those guys at A&A Auto Sales, I've got some other letters that I was going to write as, as time is going on here. And we'll be working from home with the new gigs and maybe that'll give me a little extra time to extra you know time i don't have to be in the car i can do more walking more writing and hopefully the you know some some more regular episodes but it's been a very busy weekend it's been a transition week for me i just decided to focus on myself put an episode up at the last sort of moment uh but thought you know we're going to do these regularly so they'll be up on monday somebody can wake up you can have them and then if I do more episodes, uh, then I'll just kind of drop them in other days of the week. Uh, but every one is different. And as you know, uh, Harry Chapin said years ago, he was talking about how he wrote the song, 30,000 Pounds of Bananas. You can hear this story if you're listening to the live. Greatest Stories Live, Harry Chapin, 30,000 Pounds of Bananas. He says, <clears throat> as he was trying to finish the song, he says, most great works of art have a has a theme that holds these things together. Well, this one doesn't. <laughs> and I think the same thing about this podcast. People tell me all the time, they say, Michael, I like listening to you. Or the ladies sometimes will come to me and they'll say, you know, I really love your voice. And I'm like, oh, thanks, Hannibal. And um, <laughs> I'm just jerking around with you. I, don't, I, I take all the compliments I can get. But... Uh, I make it a point to talk about several different things, and I've wrapped. I'll wrap them all up like a bow by the time the episode's over. But you, you know, you you may not see uh, exactly where it's going right away. I just put up that new piece that I wrote uh, today, and originally it was called, uh, or I think in my <coughs> in my files it's called Ernie, but that is not the finished name of it. I call it. Um, I think I call it Chill Out, a story or a tale of trust. Yes, here it is. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll, I don't do this much on the podcast. I'll read this for you in my voice uh, because as it was coming out of my head, it just sounded like the most clever thing ever. But several people read it to me or read it and gave feedback to me and said, you know, 
you're capable of so much more. <laughs> they said, you know, I love the way you're right. But they were like, you know, I could I could see it coming like a mile away or whatever. So I uh, digress and said, okay, I, you know, I, I, I give in. It was, it was a juvenile. The entire thing is contrived as like some big juvenile attempt at something very sweet and romantic. Okay. But also, um, it, it, it's supposed to be written in this colorful language. So let me, let me share with you. This is this chill out piece that I did. Uh, at the last minute, so it's the Sunday morning piece on the, on the, the religious day of the week on a holiday weekend. This is the kind of garbage I was writing, but maybe you'll think it's sweet by the end. Sitting under a tree and catching some shade after a long run, I'd thrown down my backpack and was doing a little stretching when it fell out. Of course, whenever I run, he's with my sack and always trying to peek out. There's a lot of times where the zipper is just not snug. Besides, that's just a normal urge for him to want to just frolic free in nature, basking in the sun for all to see, just the way it should be. No judgment. And that's when this woman in her tie-dye leggings ran towards me, like a kaleidoscope in motion. She was alert. She reached out quickly and wasn't afraid to be hands-on in front of the, in the, in the moment of vulnerability. She's hands-on. Snatching him firm, she looked shocked at the decision she'd made. However, that look of happiness in her eyes, she'd made an excellent subconscious decision. To be honest, I was also pleased. She just met my little friend Ernie. Doesn't have much hair on him, but he's the life of the party. Size doesn't really matter, does it? Well, it shouldn't. Not if you're feeling soft and cuddly and full of spunk. But when he's strutting proud, he's feeling a little larger than life. Alter egos are fun for all of us. Ernie hits his stride like a rite of passage to become Ernesto. A little more ego, just a lot more jovial and friskier. You know, He loves to be held and played with. And this is the part where I asked her name. After all, that's my best friend in her hands right here in front of me, in front of everyone. She had to gather her thoughts. And I asked her again. And she was still gawking at my buddy instead of looking me in the eye. So I reached down to her, sitting on her knees, and touched her shoulder. She sighed. This was a nice moment for the two of us. Despite how compatible and spontaneous this all was, I needed the formality before it went any further. So looking down at her, looking up at me, I said, Excuse me? Yes, sir, she replied. She hadn't stopped stroking. His head was drawn to the side from the intense affection. So I broke the moment, leaving her empty-handed. I told her this was not the right way for this to happen. I thanked her for rescuing him. Then said, We'd have to do this right. Let's do this the old-fashioned way. I left Ernie cupped in both hands and presented him to her. This is Ernie. Well, Ernesto. You've had him excited to come out and play. I bet his wildest imagination. Well, he didn't think you'd be so affectionate as soon as he broke that zipper and popped out. Looking back at 
wasn't as chivalrous to leave her resting on her knees. Dirtying those beautiful leggings wasn't nice. But I was attempting to be a gentleman. She said, this has all been my pleasure. Now you're not going to take him away again, are you? I wasn't done yet. And that's when I decided to be my wild-eyed self. I said, honey, can I trust you? <laughs> I can trust you. Can I see you tonight instead? Well, that's all I could muster. But I think it was a good start because she paused with a grin. I would love that. But what about your friend Ernesto? She said as she sparkled her eyes and stared him face to face. I said, you want to see him later on and finish your play date? She said, absolutely. He's full of potential. And that's the last thing she said. I said, well, my name is Michael L. Craver. My number's on social media. Touch base with me. We'll make plans. Don't say another word. I'm going to finish my run, and this will be something fresh for the both of us. There was this beautiful glare coming from her as I zipped everything back up and began to walk away. What a beautiful moment in time. Two people, and so random, innocent, and who knew if anyone saw us? But I asked for her hand and helped her to her feet. Not letting go of her hand, I pulled her in close for a hug and whispered, Thank you. Then I told her, I'm trusting you, and I rarely take chances anymore. I have a feeling. That's when I released her from this hug and gently took my palm to the side of her face. She nestled my hand between her cheek and shoulder and smiled with such gleam I hated to go but I have discipline to keep one more thing I said take good care of him and I'll see you soon both of you then I handed her the backpack my roommate and dancing partner to the loud rock and roll at night was in her hands somehow I knew She'd take good care of my chinchilla, as I would take good care of her. So, there is the twisting uh, silliness of my Sunday afternoon, which has got the uh, perversion rate of, you know, uh, it's pretty good language, so let's say a 15-year-old. But that was, <laughs> that was my uh, weak attempt at... Um, Somebody asking somebody out on a date based on uh, his run that he goes on with his chinchilla, no doubt. His little running buddy, roommate, dancing partner to the loud rock and roll. And this young lady saved him from running off, running up a tree, getting away, abandoning all hope. I um. <coughs> I had such a ball sitting there writing that and thinking of all the language. This is about this is about this is about this. And it's a it's just a series of a, a lot of things that would be about like that's what she said. That's almost what I should have uh, named it. It's it's a very It's a toxic piece that's going nowhere. Let's be honest about it. It's not. But I um I think that when you're doing Labor Day and you're doing change of the seasons and stuff like that like 
you just like you got to get into the swing of things. Like you can't, and I've heard this from too many parents. School is just being complacent for the kids. Like they can't do the virtual learning, the home learning, the you know. And I understand what they're saying. Like it's hard to get motivated. So this morning when I had a thought about writing a piece, I I could have abandoned the idea. That right there was going to be about six sentences tops. And I was going to put it, quite frankly, I was going to try to condense that from the original idea it was uh, when it was going to be just very short into to a Facebook post that would just be, you know, here's, you know, a paragraph and it'll be ironic and funny and, okay, you'll laugh and maybe thumbs up or heart or whatever and go on your way. Instead, too much energy, maybe bad judgment, I don't know. Uh, I took the piece and decided to <laughs> write a whole thing, put it on a website, and, and just just leave it out there for the world. What do you think? What do you think? I don't know. But I know this. I don't like to get complacent about anything. That's why when I didn't do a podcast um, right away, um, I just decided that... When I do it, I'm just going to hit the mic. I'm just going to talk. I mean, I've been up watching all kinds of things um, from the protesters and the different cities that are being very complacent about whether they're going to take action or use the National Guard or suppress things. Uh, you know, what's going to happen in terms of the um, election? I mean, Trump's running around talking about vaccines and how he's going to have new drug prices come um, November or December. A lot of different things are going on with shenanigans about who said what about um, the armed forces. and just It's hard to believe much of, of what's said by anybody from a, a third party or anything anymore. Um, <laughs> so I, I just sort of take that stuff and, and run with it, which is, is no big deal. Um, but, um, I think if you're going to follow the election and follow politics and stuff like that, you can't let yourself be complacent. You've got to track down what the best information is, what the most accurate information is, uh, and and then make your decisions based off of that intelligence. Um, (laughs) because for me, it's just, you know, like you'll see all this stuff running around. There's people who, um, have different thoughts about whether it should be shut down. North Carolina's in phase 2.5, so gyms are open. I, you know, I still have a cough, but I'm negative now, right? I, I beat the 19, you know? I beat it. Um, and, and that's just how it is. You know, some people are going to run into these things, and other people are going to think, well, that'll never happen in my neighborhood. Well, the original idea for this podcast was very simple. It was about family and community. And then it came up on Labor Day, and I started gearing up my legs to walk, you know, extraneous amounts of miles and sort of shut the world off and came back with a different mindset. I'm not complacent about talking about community. That's going to be an episode that will probably happen later this week. But when I think about what's going on in the world, if you're looking around you and saying, oh, I just can't get motivated. The kids are at home. I've got all these kids. I've got no kids, and you're you're just working two jobs. Are you just mad? You know, things are not the way they used to be. What happened? I can't go to sporting events. I can't go to this. I can't. Well, don't be complacent about it. Jump up. 
listen to music, dance in your own home. You're you're responsible for your own diet and physical fitness and everything. Just because the gyms aren't open doesn't mean you can't do whatever on your own. Get out there and put your feet on the pavement or dirt. It don't matter what surface you're on. Exercise, burn calories. You know, it's it's not hard. Um, I just think to myself that it's one of those things where people say, well, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't have the energy. I don't have right. Well, the thing is, <laughs> you're complacent. You know. At the end of the day, what I hope for um, is to see people who are highly contagious with their energy. If it's well, highly contagious with healthy energy, where they're excited about sharing things. I mean that that's been the theme of people who are up to no good as well. George Carlin talks about how people who are assholes are highly motivated people. I can see that. Yes, I I can feel you pointing your fingers at me. But at the end of the day, is that true? Sure. But it's true for people who are taking a lot of supplements and doing all this multi-level marketing, which is a pyramid scheme, etc. And so if you're out there selling this kind of jewelry or this kind of Herbalife or these kind of rubs or candles, it's all multi-level marketing. It's all pyramid scheme. You can call yourself a vendor or a, you know, I work for Avon. And I, great. So you're one of the older pyramid schemes who's found a way around, you know, the Security and Exchange Commission. Really, that's what you're doing. Be motivated. Do something good. Do something worthwhile for everybody else around you. You know, it's great that you're selling makeup and you think you're beautifying people and making them feel better. All right. I understand the concept of, of the good intentions there. However, you're still part of a toxic system. So, get out of it, you know. I mean, I've had to do that in the last couple of weeks. I had, you know, a, a tremendous uh, friend of mine who, you know, she is highly motivated and has all these ideas. And, you know, but if I take her by the mall or something and, and she runs by one of these, is it called Earth Earthbound, I think it's called. Uh, where they sell all these, you know, if you get this rock, it's going to bring you money, and this rock will bring you good energy, and this rock will bring you more gasoline. I don't know what the, whatever all these rocks are supposed to mean, and these little mantras and nonsense, you know, different things painted up and stamped like game pieces. It's all they are. It's all they ever were. They could be a reminder, just the same as you could have a vision board. But let me tell you something. If you go down to Hobby Lobby or a craft store, you can buy a dry erase board or a chalkboard and write whatever you want on there. And if you don't want to use it for that, you can take tape and just tape pictures onto it. You can use it for everything. You can't write on corkboard, so you might as well have a dry erase board and tape your pictures to it and then write around it. It'll look like one of these... Uh, investigative boards that uh, the detectives have here's here's this guy he's the top of the crime family and here's these other people all the way down right that, that's what you, you could do that but do it with your dreams and your hopes and your goals and start from the bottom wherever you might be able to get okay this week all right the kids are going to do this we're going to get in this routine i'm going to find a way to approach it how about sitting down with them and saying look what do you need to be motivated <coughs> if you got to give them a like like in my drawer right here is one, two, six packs. One of them is regular milk chocolate Hershey bars, and the other one is cookies and cream. And let me tell you something. When I need a little bit of motivation, I can I can take some caffeine, brother. Matter of fact, I'm going to open one of these up right here, even though I know the mic's going to pick it up. 
because I love it. And I don't eat that much chocolate anymore. When I was younger, they gave me medication for uh, migraines. And I hated getting migraines, so I found out what caused migraines for me. And I narrowed it down to chocolate. And I stopped eating very much of it at all. Very Every now and then I have some. Never get a migraine anymore. So if your kid needs some motivation, and I'm not saying treat them like an animal, but give them a treat. Find whatever it is. Give them some, you know, some Jello with some sugar in it. Don't get no. Give them sugar-free Jello and yeah, and then they're not motivated and they're complacent and whatever, right? I'm not telling you you got to give them Adderall, but there's natural like caffeine. Well, they're <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. Uh, yeah, chocolate is uh, naturally caffeinated. Well, more or less. I mean, you, but if you if you need to take one of these because these Hershey bars like you, they break up into twelve little bars and you give them one, mm, just like this. Mm-mm-mm. And then, ah, time for schoolwork, and they'll be just a working machine. It's an option. It's something to think about. You may do it a little differently. Maybe you want to give them a Gatorade or something, but that's electrolytes, and they're sitting still, so it can turn into fatty things inside of them. Just you know, do it. Do whatever is is right for you and your choices. But there's there's options all the time. When there's something not going right, my questions become, what will make you happy? What do you need? What are you thinking? And you get the other side of the story. This is what I was trying to tell you about the protesters and the bullshit information that's out there. Go get the other side of the story. It's one big idea. The people that come across to me and say, you know, Michael, I've tried to listen to your podcast. You're talking about like six different things. It's you're very intelligent, and like by the end, yeah, by the end, I've wrapped it all up. You know, I'm I'm tracing all these things down and pulling them along, and they're kind of coming together. And then at the end, we all come to get. That's what she said. Anyway, when all those when a plan comes together, as I as I say on here from the A team, I am very happy to think. That your goal of getting yourself out of the rut, kids educated, you being motivated, them being motivated, so nobody's complacent, right? We're all going somewhere. Find find the ways. Sit down and brainstorm with them. They're members of your company. They're valuable people. If they worked for you every six months, you would sit down and have, I hope, or every three months, whatever your policy is, you would sit down and do a performance review, and you would also... Have perhaps these little meetings where you could get feedback from the bottom. What what do you guys need to do your job better way down there? What do you need to do your job better at school, Johnny? Ah, uh-huh. you you need to be woken up. Ah, uh-huh. you know, give him some chocolate milk, chocolate, whatever. Straighten him out, but do it in a creative way. Let him have some input. I mean, he may curb. And he may be the driving force behind whatever changes you make. He may not just give you a general idea that you can swing in that direction. He may pinpoint the answer. Talk to people. Ask them questions. You know. I just think I've, I've done that several times in the last couple of weeks where I've run across somebody who we um, we butted heads in the past. I, I may have been way too abrasive, said some wild stuff. I can't tell you how many times somebody has come back to me and said, man, do you remember what you said the last time we talked? No, I don't. I like, But the things that I say resonate with people, and they stay with them forever. So apparently it's pretty powerful. I don't remember. 
I say stuff like that 15 times a day. I mean, and that's not me being braggadocious. If I'm not getting blocked by like 20 people a week, I'm not doing something right. And some folks are trying to troll me. You know, they'll jump in and go, oh, you got that podcast. Uh-huh. And then I'll say, look, if you if you want to troll me and you want to give me a hard time, great. Uh, here's the three ways that I'll accept trolling. Um, you can send a photograph up front, which is the laziest of the three. A voice message is great. A video message is better. Those are the three tiers. And the more effort you put into it, the better experience you're going to have. I will roast you right back. I will give you a hard time right back. But I'm not going to do it if I just think that you're disingenuous or, I, you know. Especially if you're using somebody else's name or you're drunk on your account or whatever it might be. It's not beneficial to me. You may be thinking, well, how could that ever be beneficial to you? Like, what's what's the upside? Stuff like this. It can become a story. It may become where I'll pull out a piece of paper and go, ha-ha. You know what I said to that person? <laughs> I said this right here. And I wrote it down, you know. And it's one of those things where I'm just thinking to myself, I'll, I'll you control me, but here's what I need. And I ask myself those questions, and then I go from there. Ask it to the people around you. It's somebody you love, somebody you want to be in a relationship with, kids that you're trying to make more efficient or happier, customers. And it, it, it applies to almost every situation. I'm, I'm sure somewhere there's a situation it doesn't apply to. So that's why I use that authentic and accurate language. It applies to almost every situation. But um, I am going to cut this podcast short in probably about 45 minutes and wrap it up here with one more thing. But I'm looking forward to the new gig. Um, I'm going to be driving across a couple, a couple, a bunch of zip codes uh, to get there and uh, looking forward to it. I hope it stays remote for as long as possible because it's farther away from uh, the kiddos. So I don't want to have to move. I'm sure we could come to some sort of resolution between the two of us to, you know. So that's my goal is to to not be complacent in my um, relationships that I build this week and beyond to take and learn and ask, you know, every question I can to try to figure, you know, what different people need and then make sure they're happy at the end of it. I mean, that's that's the goal not only of your coworkers but of your customer base. That's your job security. The people around you are your job security, and the people who are paying the bills, <laughs> they're the real job security. Anybody who tells me it's busy and complains has got the wrong idea about free enterprise. You're not looking at it right, my friend. You wait till it ain't busy. Wait till that COVID stuff or something like that comes around one more time. You know, and people are going wild. They're complacent. They're sitting home. I just want to get back out and work. I don't even care if it's not busy. Right. You know. And I don't like seeing people going stir crazy or anything else, you know. It was up to me. You know, I'd leave my stuff open all the time. I can't tell you how many messages I get on a daily basis. It's it's upwards of probably 3,000 a day. That I, Between what I send and what I receive is probably on the high end. Uh, it's, it's, it's over two. It's got to be 3,000 messages. And... <laughs> it's a lot to decipher, a lot of things to keep straight, but it keeps me on my toes. And if I wasn't doing that, I don't know what I'd be doing. You know, that's that's kind of the life I've chosen. It's kind of that, you know, if I can help out with somebody bouncing an idea or somebody wants to, 
like I said, sometimes some people just want to bullshit and troll with you and give you, give you a hard time. There's other things, it's the guys, and we're talking, you know, a, a few things. But, you know, make yourself accessible to people and you'll be a more active member of the community. You'll have much better information. Yes, you'll find out things you don't want to find out and, and bad things, but you'll also find out all of the wonderful things that you wouldn't have known if you'd have just been complacent. Because the more information you have, the better decisions you can make. And um, I hope that in telling you that, that motivates you for all your future labors of love, whether it be something that you're doing as an occupation or out of the goodness of your heart. Because when somebody's asked me before, you know, they said, "What? don't you just want to work and make crazy money? And No, I'll never stop working, for one. And number two, I'll never work too much. I'll create a budget around it and live by that. And that leaves me the other free time to help folks out uh, and do good deeds that there's no money changing hands or anything. That's my way of, you know, keeping in touch and, and keeping the goodwill going round and round and round. So I hope you're doing some of the same as you're doing whatever you're doing for Labor Day. If you're working, help people, but open a door for them or say something extra. Or be like John at a and Auto Sales. He was so thankful every step of the way. Anything that he thought I forgot, he asked me about. And he came across as very genuine. You know, there's people who can ask you to the point that you feel annoyed. I never got that from him because it came from, like from his heart. And he just kind of, he'd ask one thing and he'd move on. And ask maybe one thing, move on. And I thought, ah, I like his method. I ask a lot of questions. But maybe if I took his method, my questions wouldn't push people away so much. Also, a future topic, my disassociative um, way of uh, dealing with people. But you guys enjoy your Monday, your Labor Day. Thank you for spending time on me once again. Uh, you can check me if you if you want to add me on all of that. As long as you're subscribed to any of this stuff, I'm sure you get the update. But it's iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and... Um, like I said, there's a new Instagram account. Everybody knows about the uh, Facebook, Michael L. Craver. Instagram is MLC Presents. But if you're looking for any of those things as a form of entertainment, yes, I do say funny stuff every now and then. Um, I'll leave you this nice little image. I was out walking, uh, and it's a huge pasture, so the cows are only up at the fence every once in a while. Uh, not every day. And I was walking by, I'm listening to Gabby Barrett. Uh, one of my favorite songs, which uh, my soulmate, you know, she she said to me, she said, I should listen to this song, these Gabby Barrett, Footprints on the Moon. I said, okay, and I listened to it. And I'm listening to it as I'm walking down the road. And the cows are sitting there in the pasture just, they're chewing and staring at me. And I kind of, my grandfather, old Willie Ray, he used to take his hand and cup it over his mouth. Sue you know, and he'd, he'd get them cows to come up, and that's what he did for his cows. Well, I did this, and these cows kind of gave me a look, and a couple of them moved around. I, I, I said, y'all have a good one. And I kept on walking. And it occurred to me to put a picture on Facebook of me as I made another lap in front of them later. I took a selfie with me in front of the cows. And I believe the... Um, I believe it's something to the effect of uh, how I said that 
I was walking and I ran across my new friends. And the post here says, I was singing Gabby Barrett like a real man, just walking and minding my business when I was corrected by these fine ladies. And Bessie, you know, is the, the mascot for all the milk and stuff like that, at least when I was growing up. So the picture is me in front of all these fine ladies and the cows. I said, apparently, there's hoof prints on the moon. <laughs> you learn something new every day. So, yeah, the, the cows were speaking to me. They were giving me a little bit of, of dad jokes and corny and a little, bit of, a little bit of laughter walking down the road. It's where you find it, folks. It's that motivation, the, the funny, the good intentions. The understanding and the forgiveness is wherever you find it. But you'll never get it if you just sit around acting complacent. I'll see you soon. Mm -hmm.